Hello, 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 and welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. Hi, 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 hi. I am, of course, your host, Marcus Nez, and uh, yeah, today's another day to podcast, it seems. Another late recording for moi, as I'm still sick, I am better. I no longer feel like I'm going to die, but I'm not 100%. It's a really weird sickness I've been going through, too, because... It seems to enjoy focusing on a single symptom per day. So one day I may have a really bad cough and a really sore throat. And the next day I could have a really runny nose and my sinuses could be all terrible. And today I could feel really, really, very, really nauseous. I want to throw up right now. And I've come to realize my my nose is also not sniffling or anything, but I, I I think there are just lots of dried snot in there or something that are itching away at me, making me do the whole bunny. But uh, today's symptom of the day is nausea, not bunny nose. So that's fun. Hopefully, it'll all go away sometime soonish because it hasn't been fun. It's been very annoying. It's been very frustrating because it's hurt my productivity and my ability to get things done. But at least I, I feel relatively better. And adding to that, my Plex journey, specifically with TV series, is coming close to an end. I only have two shows left to rip, to, to put on my hard drive and then get to the handbraking process. So the make MKV side of things, I only have two shows left. And then there's still a handful that are going through the handbrake process of creating the finished product with all the correct metadata and special features, audio commentaries, if applicable, etc. And it's it's a hell of a thing. It's going to be so fucking nice. There are some legacy shows that were ripped before I settled on a standard ripping setting. So at some point I will have to redo those, but their current state is still very watchable. They may be missing audio commentaries if they had then. <laughs> but they are incredibly watchable. Uh, not incredibly watchable. That was a much unneeded adjective for those. But they are watchable. They aren't broken. They aren't ugly. They aren't of a in lower quality significantly so or anything in that case so not a priority not something i need to get done not that i need to do any of this plex is not a a need in general but excited to get that over and done with 
and then have all the anime left to do, which is going to be so much fun. I am not going to jump right into that. I'm going to take a break. That said, even though I only have two series left and I'm working my way through the next to last series, and I'm almost done with it, which is Star Trek Enterprise, the last of the Star Treks I own. And that's because, I mean, there are, there are new Star Trek series on Blu-ray and UHD, but of the free Paramount Plus era, Enterprise is the last one I own. It, it is the last one that I haven't done that is on Blu-ray. There is still Voyager and Deep Space Nine, but those have yet to see a Blu-ray release. There have been rumors of Voyager coming sometime this year. Nothing on the Deep Space Nine front, which would be sad if that never came to Blu-ray because that show is so much better than Voyager. However, that would need a lot of work to be done. I haven't... I think as I've been watching Voyager via Paramount Plus, I think it's in HD. But... I kind of always half watch it, so I haven't paid close enough attention. Deep Space Nine was definitely not HD. I don't believe any of the seasons were, so it wasn't as if they started in SD quality and became HD at some point. So that would still need to undergo the, the restoration process. Voyager may have already gone through that, which would make it a much easier Blu-ray transition and is probably why the rumors are there. I, I'm a little over halfway through season five, so I've got probably around 60 episodes left of that show. Still so, so much. The thing, though, with my Plex TV journey and being close to the end, almost done with Enterprise, which would leave me with one series left to do, is that, as I've said before, I save the... Best for last, or the worst for last, however you want to look at it, Supernatural, which is whatever. I don't, I don't remember 15, 16 seasons, 320 episodes, roughly, give or take a handful. So even though I only have mostly one series left to rip, it is the equivalent of three to four decent-sized series so that's still going to be quite the journey and one that may be incredibly this is this is an applicable use of incredibly an incredibly annoying process if there are a lot of audio commentaries i love commentaries more than any other special feature but in this case I would be glad to not have any. I would also be glad if they didn't have subtitles, so I didn't even have to do that minor addition with every rip. So, fingers crossed that, uh, well, no. We all know that, if nothing else, there will be subtitles, but there are probably going to be commentaries as well. I don't, I don't think they would have one for every episode, like some series. Not a lot of series have 
that many commentaries. I think Community is the only show I have where there is a commentary track for every single episode or close to. If not every single episode, almost every single episode. But that is my Plex journey so far. I wish I wish everyone was just... <laughs> the thing is, I, I don't actually want this, but... To my knowledge, David Lynch has never recorded an audio commentary for anything he's done, Twin Peaks or any of the movies. And he's also, this is maybe a little bit weirder. Eh, I, I can't remember his reasoning. I believe he's spoken about it, but he is very against chapters with physical releases. So you you don't get the chapters you usually get with a movie or a TV show that'll space it out between scenes or moments, etc. But I appreciate it just in terms of making, because that's the, the series I'm currently handbraking, that I don't have to worry about that. Because putting in the details for each individual, it just slows down the process. That's the only reason why I don't like a TV show that has a lot of commentaries. It just. It can be very very tedious. As much as I like tedium. I don't like tedium when I'm sick. I don't like it when I'm nauseous. It's so hot. But that's. That's, that's what's been going on in my life. How about you? Now, now watching much of anything other than The Voyager I, I mentioned earlier. I checked out some movies. I did watch Megan, but I want to save my thoughts because then this this in a way gives away what I thought of the movie to an extent. Probably. And if it didn't, me saying it does definitely does. So f fucking fuck me, I guess. But I've been holding off on putting my thoughts and review and score up on Letterboxd until after Enshi watches it. And he was going to try. They were going to try and watch it this weekend. That didn't happen. I, I was pretty sure that was not going to happen for him and his better half. But, yeah. I think it's, I think you can, you can already put two and two together what that means. Because if, if I felt one way, I wouldn't care that he sees what I thought of the movie, right? But if I thought another thing and still, but I, I you know, I wanted him to watch it so that I could see what he thought of it. I would be much more cagey about how I felt. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Uh, I guess, whatever. Spoilers, I, I fucking hated the thing. I thought it was fucking dog trash. So, on, on Letterboxd, I, I didn't end up writing a review and, and just not posting it, so... I I regret that in in the sense that 
I don't believe uh, the, the thing's fresh in my mind enough to really go into detail about certain things I didn't like and, and I don't even want to think about it anymore. But score-wise, I will. I, I don't want to do half-stars anymore because I, I, I've always liked the, the five-star treatment. It's, it's a one-star movie for me. I thought it was horrible. I thought the acting, the writing, the script in general, the, the overall plot and its movement, its beat, its pacing, its everything. I thought it was just a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. My hair, my hair, my hair. It, it's, it's very, very, very bad. So many points during the movie, during the script, I would be rolling my eyes in not a ha-ha-ha way, but a you think, you think you're 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 funny. You think you're funny. You think you're smart. You think this is clever. This is, this is shit. And this acting is shit. And what the fuck is with this this girl? Not the not the killer robot, but the little girl. She, what is what is her deal? Who who wrote this character? This is so stupid. And then the, the 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 end of it, how 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 it wraps up and how they defeat Megan. Because guess what? Spoilers. They stop Megan, but she'll come back because the thing was popular enough. I can't believe the movie has a ninety four percent. But again, Rotten Tomatoes, horrible. Say what you want about Metacritic. Hate Metacritic all you want. I I will always. Be of the mindset that Metacritic is a much better platform for getting an idea of what people think of a movie than Rotten Tomatoes. Because Rotten Tomatoes is strictly does someone essentially recommend something or do they not? Also, when you click through some of these reviews or read the little blurbs and see what Rotten Tomato, Rotten Tomatoes has given a, a, a review, whether it's rotten or fresh. It doesn't always make any sense, and they aren't consistent in 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 how they rate how the how they describe certain star ratings uh, or scores, and that a two and a half star may be fresh for this critic or this other thing and in another case it'll, it'll it's just weird with rotten tomatoes 94 percent could be 94 percent think megan is just good enough it's a decent enough time waster you're okay watching it and on metacritic megan could have a 59 because the the six percent who don't think it's even worth or think it's just okay, could think it's the worst movie of the year and have all given it zeros while everyone else is giving it around a 65. I mean, it's just... I, I Ultimately, all aggregates, aggregators, gritters, grizzliesers, they suck. But the people, the majority, I believe, who think... Rotten Tomatoes is so much better than Metacritic. 
You're weird. You're weird. Turn this fan on. I know I could take the hoodie off, but I'm only warm whenever I'm podcasting. Even if it's just, it's it's the lighting. That's why I was like, why is that? Why is it that I'm only hot when I podcast? And it's because I've got all these lights on me to illuminate myself for y'all watching. Y'all few. Is it worth it? No. So that's that's a fun time. But yeah, Megan fucking sucks. I'm sorry, Angie. I'm now hopefully not colored your opinion. I hope you can go into it not thinking about these thoughts. You may even end up watching it before you listen to this episode. So that that could happen because I believe you just recently listened to the last episode as you messaged me with your thoughts on I don't know. Speaking of hoodies, I don't know about everyone else. But I've reached a point in my hoodie life where I vastly prefer pullover hoodies. I used to be all about zip-ups, hated pullovers, and now I've kind of almost pulled a 180. I don't know if I'd say I fully, completely hate zipper hoodies, but I only own one, and I'm about to put it into storage. So I will only have pullovers in my rotation. I guess that maybe says how I feel then. That maybe, maybe I do hate them. Maybe I do hate them. But uh, there, there are a few I still want to get. I, I think the, the t-shirts, for me at least, in my experience, the fit of them from Fangamer... Not good. They're hoodies. Very nice. I only have the one, which is the Karamari Damasi. I I don't know what the name of it is or anything, but it's one of my favorite hoodies. It's super, super comfortable. And it's on the lighter side as well. So it's, it's it's a nice casual hoodie that can be worn more more year-round than some of my other hoodies. But they have a a Metal Gear Solid one I want to get that recently came back in stock. There's a Dark... Is it Dark Souls or Demon Souls? There's a a Souls one that just came back in stock, which is a zip-up. I haven't had one of the zip-up ones. So that's, that's a maybe. And then they have a Celeste one I like. There are a few others that I, I like the design of a lot, but I'm not as enamored with the product they're they're selling. But I need the Metal Gear one. I need the Metal Gear one because I I love Metal Gear. And then Celeste, I really like Celeste. Don't have any Celeste thing, but yeah. <sighs> So games, I played a few. I had a Cubite interactive night last night, checking out a handful of their recent-ish releases, including Breakers Collection, Cat Slide Tiles, and 
dogerai. So a dog game, a cat game, and a breakdancing game. Except the breakers, this not this is not about breakdancing. It's a pair of classic Neo Geo 2D fighters that I I, I remember them. And I, I must have just played them in the arcade because I did not own a Dreamcast for quite a while post-release. And I didn't own a Neo Geo, obviously. Who the fuck did? But they, they, they were in arcades as well, so I must have played them in arcades. But I do remember the Breaker games. And it's, it's, it's just one game, essentially. It's, it's Breakers. And then Breaker's Revenge, which is an enhanced or sort of the way you have your Super Street Fighter or Hyper Fighter, etc. That balances things out and adds, in this case, an additional character and makes the boss playable. So you have two new playable characters in Breaker's Revenge. But it is, for better or worse, Breaker's with some tweaks to the balancing and all that that is a a solid fighting game it's nothing super special breakers revenge has online play which i was unable to find a match in unsurprisingly but if you remember those games it's worth having it there to throw on and and What's around with if you, if you feel like it. it? It runs well, looks great, but it, it's it's not. There are a lot of fighting games, and the, there's there, I, I I can't recommend it to someone who either have to be really into the genre and just want to consume every fighting game or have that nostalgia, that memory of it, because I can't see anyone playing it and wanting to focus and devote themselves to it over, say, any iteration of Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat or The King of Fighters, Tekken, Dead or Alive, fucking Soul Calibur, etc., so it's nice to have there as a preservation type of product there aren't many supplemental features you have a written review that is available to read within the game and I believe both an art gallery and a sound gallery but outside of that you just have the two games that you can play in. That's it. It's fine. It's fine. Ten bucks. Two games. Not not bad. Not bad at all. Castlight Tiles is a puzzle game where you have a cat at a starting point and a door they have to get through. And you have to slide these pieces in order to create a path for them to get from point A to point B. There are three keys in each level that are on various tiles. And the, the first few stages 
you're going to have to use every single tile that is of a road piece because there, there are going to be tiles that are just empty or have trees on them, mountains that are in your way. There are certain pieces you can't move and you have to move around them. But after a handful of episodes, when you get your feet wet, they'll have more pieces, more usable pieces than you need to create the path for the cat to get from their their starting point to the door. And if you, once you create a path that is complete, the cat will start moving and you're going to be fucked. And it, once this happens, if you didn't use every single piece that has a key on it, when it gets to the door, it's going to be locked and you're going to have to start all over from the beginning, which is going to suck because the act of moving the pieces is a little bit annoying. You screw you. I'm playing all these games on Xbox. You highlight, you use the D pad or the analog stick to highlight a piece. Then you press the A button to select it. And then you hold in whatever direction you want to move the piece. And then you press A to confirm said movement. Once you do that, you have to do that process all over again. So you can't, if you want to push a piece, move a piece all the way from one end to another, and that will will take three movements, you can't just hold it and move it all the way to the end very fast. You have to select it, move it, one space, select it again, move it one space, select it again, move it one space. So it is a very tedious process. You can't hold in the direction that you're moving it either in that case when selecting because the game, when you are holding a direction, it tends to not pick up that you are specifically holding in a singular direction and will highlight both the direction you're you're holding the d-pad or analog stick in and the opposite direction and it seems to always then if you do just hope it's understanding what you're pressing it'll go in the opposite direction so i i wish that was a bit more streamlined because that was that was the biggest hurdle for me with the game is just how tedious it was to play. It's not a very pretty game. It is overly sharpened. The visuals are overly sharpened and incredibly jaggy. So it's it's not the best game to look at. But as far as the puzzle designs, uh, the puzzles themselves go, their design, they're solid. They, they have a nice difficulty curve where it's very simple at first and then they start picking it up but not too hard, too fast. And I like the game overall. It's not something that'll keep your... your attention for much more than an hour to get through the whole thing if you if you really power through but if you want a little time waster want to watch a cat walk 
a lot and pick up three golden keys to open a door over and over and over again. Go ahead. Get some achievements while you're doing it. And then Dogurai is a retro platformer with some decent animation, okay gameplay, and horrible color palettes that make it almost unplayable in how your character can blend into the background no matter which color palette you use, as well as the enemies. And it, it just fucking sucks because I like the look of it a lot. I like a lot of the animation. I especially like, so you, you play a samurai dog who has a sword so they can slashy slash enemies to kill them or, or, or turrets in the environment. And you have a slide ability to get under platforms or, or move spaces, uh, long distances pretty quickly, and a double jump. And I really like animation-wise with double jump, he raises his snout up and stretches it out and it's it's cute and looks really really good when you are in a space where you can see the sprite completely when you can't then it's just i i, I think they're I, I think they're there i can see the nose i see the nose but that that, that ultimately kills the game is how the the visuals the way they are I think in every case, essentially two-tone, maybe three-tone, where you have white, dark, and then a light for some depth of shadows, some layer uh, lighting-ish effects there. But overall, it's I guess it's a bit of a, a Game Boy aesthetic, palette-wise. It just... It doesn't look good. It's it's super frustrating because of that. Because the, 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 the game itself, the platform and all that, it is responsive. Combat's decent enough. But when you get attacked by an enemy you couldn't see until they were right up on you, or you're jumping around the environment, moving from platform to platform, and you lose track of your character, or some combination of the bunch it becomes it becomes very frustrating very quickly the game itself outside of having somewhat of like ninja guy to vibe in that you are this ninja maybe you're a samurai but you have your short attack your double jump and a slide and that that is the the end of your arsenal the game is structured kind of Mega Man-y. Not in that you are gaining abilities when you defeat bosses, but you start off in the first area. It's open-ish, and you're just free to explore it and discover health upgrades and the like until you, you stumble across the boss. Then you fight the boss. And, and when you do, it, it sends you back to a, a, an overworld map with multiple options of various levels with bosses to defeat. And it's, it's, it's okay. 
But even when you, even when you're looking at that map and everything, the 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 way they've decided to handle the visuals makes it not the best at any point in the game, whether you're playing it or in the menus. It's just it's fucking it's a, it's a bummer. There there's also with your more with your, your stronger regular enemies and bosses. When you are fighting them, they'll have a little exclamation mark around them when they're free to attack or open for certain attacks. But when you do this, you initiate a quick time event type of attack where it'll put up on screen various directions to push with the D-pad or analog stick. And this will do damage and give you a nice little combo attack, which is kind of cool but again the visuals ruin it and uh that's just that's too bad but that that's it in terms of what i've been playing yeah and with dogorai maybe the visuals won't be a problem for you yeah if you're if you're colorblind though if you have any kind of colorblind problem there are quite a few in there, uh, maybe around 10 pallets or so. So they, they do have a bunch where it's, here's a red one, here's a blue one, here's a green one, and so on. So you should still be able to find one that works for you. But if you have any issue with visuals and visual clarity, it's probably going to be even worse for you because I don't, I don't have anything of that nature. But that is it in terms of what I've been playing. No Patreon questions this episode. Which means that will do it for this year episode of the Pixelated Sausage Show. I'm feeling less nauseous, so that's good. I, I guess this 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 podcast and this episode is so garbage and throw up e way that uh, I got rid of my nausea by throwing up all over this podcast and into your ear holes. So thank you for being my toilet for this evening, this afternoon, this morning. I appreciate it. And who am I to appreciate it? I'm Marcus Nez, your host. Uh, again, you can find me pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. And if you'd like to find the links to where I put stuff and create stuff and all that good jazz. You can do that over at pxsausage.com. So it's PX Sausage on your social platforms and PX Sausage in your URL to get you all the other URLs you want, like pixelatedsausage.com, which is my site. And if you enjoy the site and the stuff I do and what have you, you can go over to patreon.com slash PXS and support me and my nonsense. That is also available via the link dumpage of whatever and whatnot what do you what do you get for for joining the patreon the pleasure of knowing you're supporting someone you you like isn't that enough but if you support a three dollar higher tier you also get the ability to ask me questions if you remember to do so if you want to do so as well as uh, access to a private discord channel and yeah does that rock your boat baby 
But again, if you do enjoy my my poo poo, and you wanna wipe my butt butt figuratively, you can join the Patreon again at Patreon.com/pxs. Anywho, that will do it for this here episode. So, as always, thank you for watching or listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. So for now, adios, arrivederci, bye! Whoa.